Here's what we're going to talk to you about today. You're in this you're in this series called We're All Dysfunctional, and I love the title because I don't know if you've ever realized this, but there was not one normal family in the Bible, not one. They all were jacked up. Come on. So you, you should be feeling better about life already. And um, so we, we, we're taking a unique perspective on this idea of, uh, of, of the marital relationship. And I know a lot of you are single, but you're probably going to move in that direction. Or maybe you have a desire to move in that direction. This will be good information for you to know. But we titled it, What I Wish You Knew. Let me tell you what we're going to do today is... I'm going to be speaking to the women. You know, normally, you know, the guys would talk to guys. You know, this is what the, this is what the Bible says, guys. Come on, we can do this. But I'm going to be talking to the women in the house today about what we wish that you women knew about us as men. And I'm going to be speaking to the men on behalf of women saying, I wish you knew this about us. But before we begin, let's have a little bit of fun and see why it's great to be a guy or a girl. My number one thing is I think that it's great to be a guy because bathroom lines are 80% shorter than women's lines. Well, I think it's great to be a woman because you guys live longer and you get to cash in those amazing life insurance policies. Cha-ching. I believe it's great to be a, a guy because you can shower and be ready in 10 minutes. I think one of the great things about being a woman is this, that you can cry and get out of any situation, including a speeding ticket. That is so true. I believe it's great to be a guy because your underwear costs $10 for five pairs. Hey, that's a new one she threw in there. All right. I think one of the great things, it would be great to be a woman for this reason, your bathrooms are so much cleaner and smell so much better than ours do. I believe it's great to be a guy because you can watch a game in silence without, with your buddy without thinking, is he mad at me? And I think it'd be great to be a woman because typically now, this is typical, because you're so focused and driven, you're more likely to have graduated from college by the age of 22 where... Some of us didn't graduate till much later than that. And this is my favorite. I think it's great to be a guy because if you retain water, it's in a thermos. And my last, I think it would be great to a woman because you guys have amazing memories. And you remember everything. <laughs> All right. We're going to start off after having a little bit of fun. We're going to give you the ground rules for every marriage sermon that you ever need to be in is this. Number one, this is important, guys. This is going to help you later. You will thank me. You will send me emails and thank me. There will be, under penalty of punishment, there will be no elbowing during the sermon today. There will be no dirty looks. There will be no hitting the spouse saying, did you hear that? All right. I hope you came to church for you today, okay? You hope you didn't, you know, we don't want to hear, you know, well, he needed to hear that or she needed to hear that. You need to hear what God wants to say to you. And here's where we're going to start off in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 31 through 33. As, as the Apostle Paul just gives this overview, kind of a vision of marriage, and he says, as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother. That's what we're hoping. Come on, all of us with kids, that's what you're hoping. They leave. If you raise them right, they leave. All right? A man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, 
and the two are united into one. And then I love this next statement. This is a great mystery. This is a great mystery. I don't know if, if you've ever thought about it, but I mean, the fact that she is so different than I am, and yet I want her in my life, this is a great mystery. It, 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 it really is. And, and it, it takes some work. So this is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. Let me just say this. That's what gives marriage value. Because our marriages, and those of you that are single, those of you that are married, you need to keep this in mind. Our marriages, they present to the world around us this picture of what Christ and the church the relationship that they are supposed to have. And, and, and incidentally, that's a mystery too. You take Christ, Jesus, he was perfect and sinless, and then we as the church, we're none of those things. We needed a Savior, and we needed mercy and grace in our life. And so that's a mystery why uh, God chose to do it that way. And this is why your marriage matters, because you are presenting a picture to your children, to your family, to your coworkers, of exactly the relationship between Christ and the church. And, and, and I don't know if you've thought about this, but Jesus taught this, that in heaven there will be no need for marriage. Okay? This is, this is purely for something for while we're on this earth. So it's a great mystery. Uh, and so let me finish the verse. It says, it's a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife. As he loves himself. Come on, guys, don't we love ourselves a lot? And so we have to love our wives like that. And the wife must respect her husband. And so I just would say that a woman's biggest need is love from the scripture, and a man's biggest need is respect. So let me pray for us before we jump into this. And Father God, I God, I love you and I honor you. And and God, as we talk about marriage today, God. Help us to keep in mind that this is a reflection on Christ in the church. And so there's a huge responsibility for us as people who call ourselves believers to get this right. And God, I pray for my friends at Lift Church at this service today. I pray for my friends that are online and that are listening. And God, I pray that you would speak a word of revelation to us because our marriages become more like Christ when we as individuals become more like Christ. God, we ask that you would conform us as men and women into the image of Christ today. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right, Vanessa's going to start us off. What she wishes we knew. We each have three points, and I'll start off as number one is love us. Our number one need, as Pastor Scott said, is to feel love. And we function at our best when we are well and truly loved, and we feel that love that's very important we have to feel it love is not an emotion it is a need and everything gets out of whack when we do not feel that love because I know that in my own life in our relationship and when a woman refers to love she isn't talking about that gushy feeling Hallmark card Hallmark movie we're not talking about that we're talking about a deep down love that we know that that you're there for us that um that it's a rock solid commitment there's affection there there's a door there and so in protection you know loving your wife means you do things to show it ask her what maybe you can do that will help her feel love just asking her shows that you care enough 
to do it. You know, there's a, there, there's a, um, a website called fivelovelanguages.com, and it's sh I want to just really challenge you to, to find out what your spouse's love language is. Mine is gifts, and his is active service. I feel loved the most when, they're, when he gives me a gift. Now, he will do an active service. He will unload the dishwasher and things like that, and I appreciate that so much. But there's nothing like when he hands me a gift. That is where true love is shown to me. And I'm not talking about diamonds. I'm talking about a piece of gum, a pack of M&Ms, anything, because it shows me that he thought about me during that day. You know, women, they get their self-esteem through relationships. Women feel good about themselves when other people feel good about them. And, you know, no one, men, no one can make us feel like you do. You have the key to unlock potential in our lives. And like I said, we function at best when we are well and truly loved and we feel that love. Demonstrate that you love me. And I know that sex is one of those and that's part of it. But when a woman feels love in a marriage, that sexual relationship will flourish. And let me know that I'm still desirable to you. When we don't feel love, the negative behavior comes through, it shines through, and it will affect everything around us. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church, a love marked by giving, not getting. So, men, I challenge you, find out what makes your woman tick, her likes, her fears, her dreams, her hopes, what excites her, what hurts her. So just know her. All right, that's great to know. Now, I'm going to address the women, and I'll tell you one of the things we wish you knew about us, and it's this. We know that we need to love you, but we don't always know exactly what to do, or we don't know how to do that. You see, typically, we were raised by the, the men in our life, and they may have taught us about sports. You know, we can, we can quote st baseball statistics or football statistics, by the way. Go Bengals today in the Super Bowl. Joey Burrow, he went to LSU. That was not nearly enough applause for, for an LSU guy here in Maryland. So, but so we had dads, they taught us about sports or hunting or they gave us a good work ethic. Or even worse, maybe you didn't even have a dad in your home at all. That's very possible today for, for women and for men. And so many times, no one has modeled this for us. And so that's why we're, we, we take this challenge on as the church. And we know we're supposed to love you, as the Bible says, like Christ loved the church. But I'm going to be honest with you. Dying to self can be really, really hard, especially like when a football game's on, you know, or, or we're tired from work. And so we don't always get this love thing right. In fact, to be honest with you, as men, sometimes we feel like we are in way over our head. It's like, oh, my goodness. You, you know, you, 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 you feel like, hey, nobody really told me what marriage was really going to be like. And we are sorry, not really, but, but to us, I just have to, tell you ladies sex is that big of a thing to us and 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 I get it and we, we need to keep it in perspective but there's probably nothing that conveys to a man that you love him more than the physical intimacy that a married couple 
enjoy with the blessing of God on their life. And we just need you to know that that, that is really important to us. And what we really need from you is for you to be patient with us as we try to figure this thing out. Um, it's just not that easy for us. We, our, 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 the world we grew up in as single men did not prepare us to love someone else. It prepared us to win, to conquer, to rub some dirt up on it and get up and, and go again. But we're determined to grow into the men that God has called us to be here at Live Church and, and my friends online. And, but we, we're going to have to do that at our pace. Let the Holy Spirit deal with us and let Him grow us. But here's what you can do from 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12. He said, therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them. And look, I know what happens. You tell us once, twice, three times, and you think we would remember it. But we are wired differently than you are. And keep telling us how we can get better, especially when we ask. Mostly when we ask. And you don't think we're listening, but we are. It just takes a while for it to sink in. You, you don't really understand how different it is for a single man to move into this area of, of love and, and separate the sex out of it. And we're like, wait, wait this is new information. Uh, no, nobody told me about this. So please, don't stop reminding us. Don't stop helping us. And don't stop telling us how we can do better, but, but always do it in a gentle and a loving way. A gentle and loving way. Number two, communicate and listen to us. You know, for men, communication is a tool used for solving problems. But there's a newsflash that is not the same for women. Um, we build relationships by communicating. We communicate and build intimacy. We talk about our feelings. We talk about our emotions openly. And we find, and we find that that talking out helps us through the process. When we are stressed or hurt, we want a sympathetic ear. We're not looking for a quick and easy solution. So put the tool belt down and just listen. You know, there's many a times when I have to tell Scott, you're my husband. Just put the tool belt down and just listen to me. I need someone to listen to me. James 1.9 states, everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. You know, we want to create a bond of effective communication and intimacy that goes deeper than mere words. We need to feel listened to because then we feel valued. We want to communicate with verbal and nonverbal and I know men are saying, wait a moment, now I have to be a mind reader? But really, that's not it. Because the more that we communicate and eff effectively communicate and, and grow that intimacy, we begin to learn each other's verbal and nonverbal skills. You know, a marriage counselor stated one time that the number one complaint he hears from women is that their husbands do not listen to them. When we have your full attention, it provides worth and value to us. You know, there's times when I'm talking to Scott and I realize that his mind is somewhere else. I'll just stand up and I'll just walk out the room because when you're not valued, you just, you don't feel that and you're not part of that conversation. 
You know, if a woman tells you that, I told you that five minutes ago, there's a problem. And that's a lack of effective communication and intimacy, which will turn, in turn lead to trouble down the road. You know, we can communicate with anyone. However, we want to communicate with you. All right. Well, let's communicate then. And uh, I want to share something that we wish, as men, we wish that you women knew. And it's this, is that when you try to change us, it makes us feel like we aren't good enough. Now, we know you have the best intentions at heart. You know, when you give us suggestions on how to dress, and you pick out clothes for us, and you suggest to us how we need to change our hairstyle and, and all of that. But um, here's what we want to know. Do you love us, or do you love the version of us that you see in your mind? Just ground rule reminder. <laughs> you know, when you criticize our choices and compare us to others, it really makes us feel as though we aren't good enough. We're already suffering enough insecurity. This, you know, a lot of men don't talk about this, but, but men can be very insecure as it is uh, with the pressure at the job, you know, to, to try to progress and rise through the corporate ladder or, you know, whatever, advance and, and do better for the family and for ourselves. And then, and then it, it, after maybe a, a, a difficult day, whether we work with our mind or work with our body, we come home and we're, we're stressed. And then there's the pressure of being a husband and, and, and listening. And, and, uh, and then when you have children, they just add to the stress. That I, I'll just be honest with you, nobody's really prepared that this would be all-consuming for us. And at times, it can just be overwhelming. We just need you to know that. Uh, we're not, we don't regret it, but it can be over, overwhelming. So what you can do is speak life to us. That's really what we need. Compliment us and praise us for the things, and they may be few, but the things that we do right. The times we do get the gift right. The times we do unload the dishwasher, or fold the laundry, or, or, or cut the grass. Just, just tell us, you know what, I think that's the best lawn I've ever seen in my life. You, 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 you really, you, you, you never know, um, you'll never know how much your words of affirmation mean to us. And they will mean more to us than any amount of criticism or complaining that you do about us and it's the, the praise that will actually make us want to do something again that is pleasing to you um, Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 11 in the message um, paraphrase says the mouth of a good person is a deep life-giving well I love the phrase life-giving I, I think I think if, if you talked about the New Testament church and happy marriages. These are people that learn how to speak life-giving words to each other, not, and I'll say it this way, not life-sucking words. You want to be a life-giver and, and not like put a straw in them and suck the life out of them. But the mouth of the wicked is a dark cave of abuse. So keep speaking life to us. Let me just say this about communicating. It's not natural for us. 
guys, I use this, this image. When guys have a problem, what we do is we go into the cave alone and we're on the inside of ourselves and we're thinking through it. And when we have a solution, we, we can come out and talk about it. So we're different that way. But um, we do have a desire to communicate with you on a way that means something to you and something to us as well. All right, number three, lead and protect us. Psalm 63, 8 says, I cling to you. Your strong right hand holds me securely. I, I love that scripture. When we need, we need you to protect our family by leading. This is a controversial thought in this day and time because women are just as capable of men. But it gives us a sense of security when you take on the responsibility of a servant leader in the home. We never want to be bullied or bossed or manipulated because your courage and confidence gives us courage and confidence. And as a man, we want you to be an example that we can follow. And as a father, we want you to be an example that our kids can follow. We have three sons and one is married, and, and it is so cool to see that, that fruit come into fruition where he has planted in their lives, and now that's being the, they were, he's an example that they're able to follow. So that's a pretty cool thing. You know, leadership is an example. We're just asking you to be a godly example. We're not expecting you to be perfect because you can't be. But we're asking you to be a godly example. You know, leading takes work and time. It is an active position. If you fail to lead, there's going to be this large hole in our, in our family. And when there's a large hole, there's no direction. And you know what happens with that. As women, when we see a hole, we're going to step in and we're going to fill that hole. And that will lead to resentment from the man. You know, leading isn't controlling, it's not being domineering, it's not demanding or bossing anyone. However, you must lead by example. If you want your family to be supportive and helpful, guess what? You must be helpful and supportive. If you want your um, family to give more, you got to give more, you got to love more, you got to be more forgiving and more patient. Be passionate about your wife in your home. And I'm sorry, man, but that's just how the Bible has it. You are the leader of the house. You set the example that we're to follow. You know, work hard at communicating with us so that the two of us can stay connected. Let's not adapt the attitude of whatever will be, that will be. But instead, let's be brave enough to have a whatever it takes attitude to make it. And it will become a win-win for both sides. If you don't like the results in your family, quit blaming and change actions, and then you'll see the results. And I'm going to ask you one more thing is we need you to protect our heart by having only eyes for us. Whether we're 18 or 81, we want to know that you still think we're beautiful and that you only have eyes for us. We often feel like we don't measure up. You know, everywhere we look, we see these these um these um, airbrushed pictures of supermodels. And then we get on social media and we see these, these pictures of our friends, families, and it seems so perfect. And sometimes it creates an overwhelming pressure that we, it's hard to measure up to this impossible standard. We don't vo voice these feelings of inadequacy, but we feel them. So I'm just challenging you, please have only eyes for us. And it is imperative that we feel secure in our relationship. That's great to hear. And here's the last thing I would encourage you ladies about us is we need for you to respect us 
even though we are growing in our life. You know, I, I think about what Vanessa talked about, um, how pornography has become so ingrained in our culture. They say today that the average young man has, in fact, it's the average person has seen pornography if they have a phone by the time they are in the range of 11 years old. And so our culture is broken. And I, I just tell you this, you need to realize this about us. We may not have always grown up in church. And even if we did, um, we may not have always been close to the Lord. And we may have gotten away from God. And so we're a work in progress. We are. We're a work in progress. And, you know, we, we hope you know that. We have flaws. But we need your respect while we grow. Because your respect is a, is, is a need that we have. We may not be growing at the rate that you think we should. But you know what? We are growing. We may need to actually, we may feel like we need to grow in areas other than the areas you would like to see us grow in. Let's, let's both decide to let the Holy Spirit um, lead that growth. And we're trying to grow in our faith in God while we grow in our love for you as our wives or girlfriends and also for our family. So here's what you need to know about growing for us as men. You could spell grow for a man as P-A-I-N. It's painful. It's painful emotionally because, you know, men have this way of thinking we're all that in a bag of chips. And when we finally realize, you know what, in this area, we're really, we fall short. And we've got to grow. That can be a difficult thing for us. Um, Thank God he's faithful, takes us through that and, 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 and gives us, you know, the desire to keep growing. But you, we need your respect even though we know that we are flawed. And it meets one of the deepest needs in our life. We need you to know that, that when it comes to life, we don't want your leftovers. We really want the best of your life. You know, I, I, I would... I, I teach this to our church, and, and I, I, I started telling it to my wife, and I said, you know, Vanessa, there's only two people that have made a lifelong commitment to you. The first one is Jesus. I can't take his place. But the second one is me. And if you're family and you have kids, let me tell you something. If you raise them right, those kids are leaving. Come on. Hallelujah. We loved them when they came, and we're happy to see them go. And by the way, if you want them to come back, cook a good meal. They will come back. If you want them to leave, turn off the Wi-Fi. A little, some, little, some little life hacks there for you. But I want you to know about those kids. You raise them so they go out and fulfill God's calling and dream for their life. And so, but we have made a lifelong commitment to each other that's why Paul wrote this in the book of Colossians chapter 318 I, I believe because women can struggle with this I mean you know I've, I've, I tell you I'm amazed when I watch what women can do and, and how 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 you guys love the family multitask and take care of so many things but but Paul wrote this he said in Colossians 318 he said a wife must put her husband first I think that was something you need to be reminded of 
And this is her duty as a follower of the Lord. And, and you know what? That's a, a, a clear way you can respect us is by not giving us the leftovers. You know? And, and I know you don't do that intentionally, but sometimes that's how it feels. It feels like we're the last person in the line and we get the tired, you know, the tired, worn out, empty person. And it just, for us, it, it feels like we're not loved. So we've kind of shared our heart as men and women with, with you. And um, I hope you receive that in the spirit that we meant it. We've got 31 years of it. That we, we, didn't, we didn't know this in the beginning. We didn't know this. We didn't do this very well in the beginning, even though we were believers and we were in ministry. And so we've had to do a lot of growing. But in the book of Revelations, chapter 2, um, John had this open vision, and he saw this angel, and this angel visited the city of Ephesus, and to the church there had these words. And, and this is really not about marriage, but I think it contains some great marriage advice. He says, but I have this complaint against you. In other words, this maybe God would visit household of faith in Louisiana, and he would say this, I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Remember what it was like when you first got saved. How passionate you were. You, you made every service. You volunteered. You, you, you felt like, man, I get to go to church. Not I have to, I get to go to church. Same thing happens when we get married. Remember when you first got married? Oh, my goodness, we get to live in the same house now. You know, we get to sleep in the same bed. You know, I get to call you Mrs. Bledsoe. And we call each other husband and wife. And, and then as time goes on, the get to, if you're not careful, becomes a have to. Uh, it's Sunday. we got to go to church. I'm married. Got to go home, be with the family. And this is what he said. He said, look how far you have fallen. When the attitude of our life becomes I have to instead of I get to, we have fallen from what the scripture says is our first love. And God's remedy for that is he says, Turn back to me. You know what that means? We've turned away from God to other things. Sports, hobbies, even, even running the kids to all of their, their activities. And maybe it's making money, career, whatever it is. Vacations. None of those things are in and of themselves wrong. Except when you turn away from God for them. He says, turn back to me and do the works that you did at first. Let me tell you how you can revitalize. I'll save you a lot of money. You go to a marriage counselor, but this is what they're going to tell you. They're going to ask you, how did you guys end up meeting? What did you do? How did you get together? Well, you know, we saw movies. We talked on the phone. We had dinner dates together. We held hands and walked in the park. And they'll tell you, do that again. You go back and do the first works. What was it like when you, when, you, when you first got right with God? Man, I'll tell you what, I was in my Bible, I was reading, I was praying, I thought about God all the time. Hey, you know what, if you find yourself drifting away from the Lord, because then start doing what you did at the beginning. 
We learned yesterday at the marriage conference that our thinking, how we think, determines how we feel, and it determines what we do. Don't let your feelings lead you. They make a terrible CEO of your life. They're great at, at helping you understand where you are, but they're not great at leading you. And so he says, return or turn back to me. Do the works you did at first. And he says, if you don't repent, he said, the light's going to go out. And, and all of us, we know. In fact, there, there probably are people here today that, that you're not in your first marriage. Look, there's no condemnation in the house. God's not angry at you. But here's what God wants, and here's what Pastor Drew and Lauren want, and what we want. We want the marriage you're in to make it and to flourish. Or maybe the, 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 when you get married, we want you to go the distance. And here's what we know, that our relationship to Jesus is probably the major influence on our ability to love each other. And I just found that when I'm right with God, when all's right with God, when my, when, when my relationship with Him is vibrant and life-giving, then when I come home, I'm happy to see her. I see her for the gift she is that God gave me, and the, the wonderful mother she's been to our children, and my helpmeet, and, and my co-pastor at the church. And I see the amazing gifts. But I'll tell you what, when, when, when I've drifted away from God and my heart has gotten cold, then I, <laughs> the picture looks a little different. But here's what I do know. It's what happens in me. I want you to bow your head this morning. Where are you with God? Where are you at? You know, I, I can't tell you that. But I know the Holy Spirit is in this room. And right now, if He's dealing with you, it's because God loves you. Look, I'm not interested in how you grew up, what denomination, if your names are on the, the, the rolls of a church somewhere. Those, there's, again, those are all cool. But Jesus didn't die for us to be Methodist or members. Jesus died so that we could have a relationship with Him. And He could remove the barrier of sin and we could have fellowship with God. And that's what God wants for you. That's what I want to give you an opportunity today to receive Christ. That's what this church is here for. That's why God raised up Drew and Lauren and gave them a vision. That's what lift is all about. You get lifted when, 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 when you meet Jesus personally. And He talks to you and you can talk to Him. And it is a relationship that is life-giving. God, God loves being with you and you love being with Him. And here's what I want to ask you to do. Maybe, maybe you're here in this room and and you've been away from God for whatever reason, it doesn't matter today. But you either need to find your way back to God. Or if you've never known Him, I want you to know, I want to pray for you today. And here's what I need you to take this, just this one step of faith and to raise your hand. We're not going to invite you to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. But I just want to know who I'm praying for. Just shoot your hand up and you can put her right back down. Yeah, amen. God bless you. And I'm going to lead us all in a prayer. And I want you to pray out loud. And this is for those that raise their hand. Because here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that 
God is just a prayer away. And he's going to hear this. And you have the faith if you're sincere. Come on, pray with me, Lift Church 1015 service. Say this. Say, Jesus, today I invite you into my heart. I need you to be my Lord and to be my Savior. I thank you for giving your life on a cross so that I could be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Come on, Lift Church. Let's celebrate what God's doing.